And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just something I've noticed. We don't give enough credit to signs, and we really should. That sign over there tells you great French fries. That sign over there tells you this is your exit. And look at that legendary sign. It's the Motel 6 sign. It tells you a great night's rest at a great price. Book online at motel6.com. And use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. Look for the signs. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a great price when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letter CP. Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel6.com. That's a great deal. And that's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. All across the USA and around the world, we're Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carley and I'm Gary McNamara. Download our Red Eye Radio app today. If you can't listen live overnight, you can listen when and where you want, right there on your smartphone. All right, some new polls are out. All right, let's go to the polls. Trying to figure out on fiscal matters where the United States, the citizens of the United States stand. Okay. It's always an interesting path uh, to go down, especially Mm. when different polls are put out. For example, uh, it was uh, back in September of of 21. Wow. Uh, When the polling came out showing that Americans uh, were concerned and with government spending and did not want the uh, uh, earned the, the child tax credit mm. to be extended because at that point that's what the polls said because uh, they believe that the spending was leading to inflation. Yeah. Then uh, just I think it was probably November. Another poll came out that said yes, Americans are concerned with uh, in inflation and government spending, but they want the government to be giving them a check in order to get through. Uh, the uh, you know the the times that we're seeing right now, the majority wanted a federal government check, mm-hmm. and we went okay. What's going on here? Do we have a public that is saying, look, we want government spending, we want more money from the government, but could you magically not make inflation happen? Could you magically not make the debt increase? And so it's always interesting to figure out by the way they ask the question where the public actually stands, and. Whether it's just the answer that they believe they have to give, which is the right answer, or whether they truly mean it. Right. Now, here's the latest poll on the national debt. More than half of the nation's likely voters say they're very concerned about the size of the nation's national debt. And 75% are at least somewhat concerned. Now. Does that mean that more than half the voters that uh, say they're very concerned? I'm very concerned with the debt, but could you give me a check? Can you do both? Cut everybody else, but give me the check. Well, are we hearing uh, anyone 
cry out that we need to stop, you know, helping people. No, it's no. quite the opposite. No. It, it's because, right. again, because of inflation and what's going on with the economy, people are drowning. And so when they're drowning, they're going to reach out to anybody and everybody. And, of course, the federal government is, is going to be first in line. The Here's how the question was asked. The U.S. national debt is now more than $31 trillion. How concerned are you about the size of the national debt? Hmm. Rasmussen did this January 2nd through the 4th. Okay. 76% said they are at least somewhat concerned. 53% said they're very worried about the debt. 21%, which is roughly the amount of admitted liberals in the United States, said they're not concerned. <laughs> or uh, maybe the number of people that have just plain given up. Majorities of every political category, 87% of Republicans, 67% of Democrats, and 53% of voters not affiliated with either major party are at least somewhat concerned about the size of the U.S. debt. However, 69% of Republicans, uh, unaffiliated voters, 53%, and Democrats, 38%, very concerned about the debt. Uh, so there you go. Uh, Democratic voters are also far more likely than Republicans and unaffiliated voters to approve the $1.7 trillion omnibus spending bill President Joe Biden signed uh, last week into law. 73% of Democrats say they were for it. Only 21% of Republicans and 40% of unaffiliated voters. So uh, there you go. Uh, so that I believe this was also yeah that was also the, uh, the other publications had the uh, the omnibus uh, uh, bill. So yeah, so Democrats when you know the, you've got seventy three percent Democrats don't care about putting the burden on on uh, on young people and they're willing to say that publicly. Uh, yeah, uh, you had uh, Jamie Dimon yesterday. I came out and said the the debt. It's a massive problem. It is a, a crisis that is right. We're right there on the brink here of this crisis. Yep. And, you know, uh, talking about the Fed, he, he thinks the Fed uh, may well go above 6%. And we'll see what happens at the end of the month. Um, but uh, that is when you have CEOs that start talking about this. And I don't know how long I'd have to go back and, and check how long he's been talking about this. We've been talking about it for a long, long mm-hmm. time. Anybody knows that that cares about it knows why this is a massive problem. And you've got interest rates going up, which means that it's becoming harder and harder to service the interest on the national debt. And at the point that we can no longer serve the interest on the national debt or service the interest on the national debt, we are absolutely in crisis mode and i can't tell you what happens well we'll be able to service the 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 interest on the debt for a significant period of time mm-hmm. but there will have to be cuts mm-hmm. because if you don't do cuts because the because of the increase itself in the in, in the interest rate and what we have how we finance the debt that in itself if we keep for example 
I saw one of the Republicans' goals is for the next 10 years, keep spending at 2022 levels. Mm -hmm. Well, let's say, you know, the budget's already been done, for, but for 2024, which would be this, what, October? Yeah. This coming October, you say, okay, we're going to keep it at 2022 levels. Well, inflation is eaten in by that time from you know uh in for 2020 from you know where you would go you you would look at you know 2022 levels inflation at that point has already significantly ate into uh you know you know what you know the value of the dollar to begin with what you have to buy and what you have to do uh and then the interest rate at that particular point which could be i don't know 6% what are you paying for treasury bills and and it may not be it it could be you might be paying more because really the relation is if you can't find if we're not buying our own debt anymore and you can't find people to buy a treasury bill at 6% you've got to go 7% 8% that's the reality of treasury bills so it isn't directly related to what the fed rate is it will increase but the fact is, you've got a double whammy here. The fact that the Fed isn't buying its own debt. That's where we're headed. When the Fed isn't buying, we're not printing money to buy our own debt because that's inflationary. Duh. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, um, and, and then you have the, the, you know, then you have the double whammy of just the interest rates in general, uh, going up and fewer people willing to buy treasury bills. And so how do you sell them? You got to increase the interest rate. That's the problem that we have. And so, um, you, uh, you look at this and you say the Democrats aren't concerned at all about the debt by the polling. They're not concerned, but, Oh, I know what I want to say. And you look at Republicans where Republicans, 87% somewhat, uh, at least somewhat concerned about the size of the national debt. Well, but we also know Republicans are fickle. Sorry, I'm a cynic. Why? Get rid of Obamacare. Get rid of Obamacare. Get rid of Obamacare. Republicans uh, get the House and Senate. Well, no. Get rid of the mandates. Get rid of us paying for it. Mm-hmm. But give us the free stuff. Yeah, it's, that's causes that's government spending that nobody's paying for, which will increase the debt. We don't care. We just want to give us the free stuff. Well, that's it. That's why Obamacare. I want the help now. I right. want the air now. I'm that, drowning. That, that's why Obamacare didn't. Yep. Get overturned completely. Right. It was, it was the campaign promise in 2016, <clears throat> right. and by 2017, they couldn't get it done. Nope. And and that's exactly what you see you see here and and you know this is uh, Jamie Dimon making the uh, the the uh, the point that you know it's cumulative which is the point we're making but when the private sector starts looking at that in a big way and Chase you know J P Morgan Chase is no small organization they're a global banking organization they get it they understand why. This is crucial because it is a growing problem 
that has right now zero political will to turn around. There is none. There, there's no political will to tap the brakes. Well, how the question should be asked, are you more concerned about the debt or in order to handle the debt, government cutting back on spending? Right. Let's see what that poll says. Well, would you support in order to um, uh, help relieve uh, the national debt? Are you in favor of cuts? And then you ask the types of cuts. That's where it gets. Oh, yeah, yeah. They need to cut for those people over there. They need to cut that spending. What's the first thing we always hear? Foreign aid. Cut it to zero. Okay. That's not going to happen, but all right, what if you cut it to zero? That's not a drop in the bucket. It isn't. It's massive programs that continue to grow and grow and grow and grow. And right now, because the interest rate is jumping, the interest on the debt is a bigger cost, which means that you've got to add to that in terms of what we need to spend every year. What does that mean? Well, if the revenue is not going to match or exceed that, it means greater debt. And that's exactly what Jamie Dimon means when he's talking about cumulative effect and something we've been talking about. When you have a significant portion of the private sector that is concerned about that. Because if the U.S. gets into a default position ever on the debt, I I don't know what happens from that point. Yeah, before we even get to that point, though, it's the fact of when you're going to have to cut, the American public's going to go crazy. Well, and, and, there's, and the question is, because you can't, politically, you can't cut until you have to, which means the end. You can't well, cut. Right. Well, and and that's course. the thing. There, there is no right. political will to cut until you reach that point of crisis and then everything's too late anyway. Right. That level of crisis will be something we have never seen. Well, as, as we have said, if, if we go up, because I'm reading, you know, I was looking to see if there's any new projection for the debt for 2023. Uh, and I, I, what I found was the uh, CNN story from like early November that said uh, uh, interest on the debt could soon be over the, uh, uh, the uh, defense budget, which would make it over $800 billion, mm-hmm. which means you've gone from roughly $250 billion to $800 billion or 850 billion at 600 billion more well if you just keep next year as the republicans are promising uh cap spending at 2022 levels well if you cap it there and you've got enough extra 600 billion you got to find 600 billion to cut and that's not also including the inflation that you have felt in that period of time right how do you do that right what do you start cutting you know republicans have said Okay, it's time to start cutting parts of defense. What part? Oh, the woke part. No, that's policy. That's not money's being spent anyway, just being spent in other areas. Right. That's a trickle of the of what we spend in defense. What that's, are you gonna, that's all for show. Right. What what do you do what something do you, real? Right. What are you actually going what are you actually going to do? 
And then what are you going to do about Social Security and Medicare? And then the increase of cost of Obamacare. Mm. You're going to start cutting Obamacare? Right. What are you going to cut? Right. Foreign aid. Cut out all foreign aid. Mm-hmm. You're at $100 billion. You still, and, 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 I, and by the way, that's even being... I'm, I'm being liberal on that amount. I don't believe it's $100 billion yet. Right, right. Uh, but yeah. let's say you cut it as $100 billion. You still got $500 billion to cut and inflation still going up. So the next year, it may be $700 billion that you have to that you have to cut. Mm. So now we've taken foreign aid out. Right. And you still don't have the problem nearly solved. What do you cut? And you've signaled to the world that you're heading into crisis mode and you know it. Yeah. And that's the reality of what we're dealing with, but nobody wishes to deal with reality. Let's find out. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, really? Oh, hold it. So Harry thinks that William wants his organs? Yeah. Oh, okay. That. Let's just, let's focus on that for a little bit. Harry's not happy? Let's find out why. The top five reasons why Harry is unhappy. <laughs> the five things you need to know about his unhappy state of mind. 866-90-RED-EYE. Starting and charging system-related issues are one of the most common causes of winter breakdowns. So when your batteries talk, it's important you listen. Knowing the warning signs that could indicate your electrical system needs attention can help you avoid getting stuck out in the cold this winter. Have your batteries inspected by a professional technician if you smell any unusual or strong odors coming from the battery box. A pungent odor could indicate chemicals are escaping from a damaged or overcharged battery. This report brought to you by Luberfiner, engineering filters that are built to do more for heavy-duty fleets since 1996. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio. Shop at iowa80.com for the best selection of everything for your truck. Bumpers, fenders, toolboxes, lights, interior, and more. iowa80.com, your truck. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 uh, Red Eye. All right, I did some uh, analysis. Uh, total foreign aid for 2023 from the U.S. government, $61.7 billion. So I just I just threw out, you know, $100 billion just to have a, a, a close figure for it to show how – because I know what the cry will be from the public. Mm-hmm. Well, yep. you, you can't cut us, cut foreign aid. Okay, fine. That's what I was saying earlier yeah. is that the first – inevitably the first thing is we'll cut foreign aid. Right. Because if you go to someone and, you know, that's the thing. If you're going to talk and and to people the way that pollsters do um, and, you know, we're going to have this big town hall about this, then inevitably the first thing is, well, we need to cut foreign aid. We don't need to be giving a dime to anyone if we can't get our house in order. Okay, great. Uh, and uh, Still, we'll, you haven't we'll solved that. the problem. It, we'll take that. And then now what? Right. That's, that would be 10 percent of the projected increase of the deficit this or the debt this year right so you've got still for this year another uh 540 billion and the message that you would send by cutting if you were to cut a hundred percent of foreign aid probably would be panic in the market it would absolutely panic the market yep that's that's the problem that you're signaling you're sending up a flare at that point so if you're still borrowing a if you're still borrowing 30 to 40 percent of the budget that you have right now and you have to add another 540 billion and then inflation stays high for the next couple of years 
at that particular point because it's not just inflation. It's getting people to buy treasury bills. Right, which you have to make them attractive by raising the rates. And that's, you know, that's the problem that you have because the government has said, well, okay, the fact that we've been doing – and by the way, we warned on this. We warned not only when Democrats were spending, we warned when Trump came out and said, we need to borrow trillions of dollars uh, because the interest rates are low to put into the infrastructure. And we sat here and argued with Republicans who were Trump supporters saying that's a dumb idea. Mm -hmm. And they were saying, no, because we can borrow it low. You have no idea how it works. We we haven't paid back any principal. The principal sticks on the books, and the principal now would be being paid for those trillions of dollars at the current rate that Treasury bills are going for now. You're not paying off the principal. No, you're doing more damage. Yeah. So, I mean, across the board, and that's why I worry, because Republicans will jump on the bandwagon of right. spending if they believe it fits what they want. branch of government, Eric Harley and Gary McNamara on Red Eye Radio. And he is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 Red Eye. So when I was talking about uh, Trump back when he was running for uh, for office, I mean, that was how quickly Republicans would change because the whole swamp was based on the fact, as we remember, that uh, Paul Ryan uh, wouldn't uh, back off on Boehner's deal that he made mm-hmm. with the Democrats. So the swamp and that's, you know, Trump coined that for Republican leadership cooperating and spending too much money with the Democrats. Well, by the time we got to spring of of 2016, late winter, early spring of 2016, when Trump was running, he proposed borrowing trillions of dollars uh, in, in order to, you know, as part of the, you know, uh, his his campaign, what we should do is borrow trillions of dollars and because interest rates are so low. Right. And it'd be great because we can, you know, borrow all this money. He backed off on it. All right. He, smartly, he backed off on it. But I just it was this. My comment wasn't about Trump. It was so many Republican supporters who called and we said, that's a dumb idea. And they were furious at us. No, mm-hmm. it's a great idea. They had no idea how it worked. They had no idea. The fact that we weren't paying off principal and well, the fact that and and the fact that all those all that debt would roll over as we continue because uh, debt is financed by long term, medium term and short term. Uh, uh, treasury bills and, and even securities. even the wonks, a number of them believed uh, uh, or acted like they believed that interest rates would be near zero forever. Forever, yeah, yeah. That was that was the which I think is probably what prompted Trump because yeah. it looked at that point it looked like well, there's no will to raise interest rates. There's no reason to raise interest rates, right? I mean. That's everything's fine. We're not going to do it. It's not going to go anywhere. But, oh, wait a minute. Oh, what's that virus? We should spend. Uh, we should spend more. Let's spend a lot more. We're going to spend like there's no tomorrow and, because there might not there, there might not be a tomorrow. So, oh, wait a minute. Now the national debt is at $31 trillion Well, across. also don't forget the sensitivity of weakening the market by buying our own debt. Mm-hmm. For how long were we buying our own debt? Mm-hmm. Which means we're printing money not based 
on a, 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 the, the wealth increase of goods and services in our economy. We're simply printing money so we can buy our own debt, which is lowering the value of the dollar, which increases inflation. Right. And so we were doing that. And then COVID came along and let's just let's just buy it. Let's just give money out left and right mm-hmm. and borrow all of this. Mm-hmm. And we get ourselves into this situation. We had warned for the longest time. It may not be coming this year or next year. Inflation is coming. You can't do these, as we have always stated, and I don't know why people think it. You can manipulate an economy. You cannot change economics. No. And this is the evidence right now to back up what we've always said. You can't change economics. And that's what we're seeing. It's it's, It's as reliable as gravity. Yeah. On, pla- on the earth. On earth. Because yeah, if I, I was going to say, well, gravity isn't reliable when you're out in space. <laughs> Wait for that call. It's, uh, but that is, that is where we are. And and so my point is, Republicans will say they're against the, 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 the debt, and they used to be. We know. We could tell whenever we would talk about it 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 7 years ago, 8 years ago. Uh, during the, 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 the Bush administration, remember that, mm-hmm. uh, even beginning of Obama administration, even people were extremely concerned. The Tea Party was based on the fact of the incredible spending that came out of the whole TARP thing. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden it just disappeared. Yeah. It just like, boom, yep. 2016, 2017 Republicans were no longer concerned with it. And then when we got to Obamacare, which are oh, repeal it, repeal it. Well, no, re- repeal the repeal the mandate and and uh, the uh, the payment for it. Mm-hmm. Repeal the mandate, but uh, don't stop the subsidies. Right, keep it going. Right, we like to su- keep the subsidy, keep the spending going, mm-hmm. but take the mandate off. It's like wow, and so I don't have any confidence, and I, I want to be proven wrong. I want to be proven wrong that the Republicans in in, in I will. I will have find no pleasure in being right. I want to absolutely be proven wrong, and you can call up and you can shove it in my face if I'm wrong. That's how happy I'll be. But sorry, I don't have confidence that the Republican rank-and-file voter truly wishes to cut spending in order to reduce the deficit. I don't. Well... Um, there is no political will, and I don't know. I don't think that there will be any political will in my lifetime. That, and hopefully, it doesn't happen in my lifetime. That the only way that there's going to be a cut is if you get to that point and you cross that brink. It's not going to be a good point. Nope. Uh, the cuts will will happen because it's over. I don't want to live in that economic and, and, depression that and, happens. And by the way, as we get closer and closer to it, the entire world will see it. There's no, there is no hiding this. Right. The U.S. national debt is not a secret. Well, the government will just give money to all of the banks and financial institutions. Oh, wait a minute. There is no money. Yeah, there, there is no money. <laughs> I wanted to do a repeat of 2008. There's, there's, there's nothing to back anything. Because at that point, there is no reason to invest in the U.S. In fact, it's quite the opposite. And if you can't invest in the U.S., where can you put your money? 
well, that's where a global economic collapse lives right there well, in that moment. You know, but that was another thing. I remember when Trump was running and said, well, look, we don't we, we can pay 50 cents on a dollar. Mm-hmm. I'm like, wow, he doesn't even you understand. can't negotiate. He, I said, he doesn't the even moment under- you say that 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 always surprised me because for smart as he was, I said, he doesn't understand. You can't do that. And remember the response from a lot of his supporters. Well, it'd be a great idea. Pay 50 cents on a dollar. Well, then nobody's going to buy. That's you can't finance the debt that you have now. It, at that point, it's over. Yeah, it's over. All confidence is lost. You might as well be at the point of default at that moment if you're trying to renegotiate the debt. It is not renegotiable. And so, no, I I don't have – this is – I get to have – this can be Wednesday Cynic Day Mm -hmm. where I hope to be proven wrong, where I hope that this country actually does care. And I'm not – I understand – I understand a significant portion of our audience is mm-hmm. conservative and agrees with us on this mm-hmm. and has for a while. I'm talking about the masses in general, including the masses in the Republican Party that vote Republican. And it's based on what I've seen. It's not based on just, oh, I just have this opinion based on nothing. It's what I've seen. Yeah. It's what we've seen over the last, you know, six, seven years about the change in attitude of Republicans towards spending. Not conservatives. I know conservatives are different, but all Republicans are not true conservatives. They claim they are. I can't tell you many times in the past, well, I'm more conservative than you guys. Really, what do you think about these issues? After it's like, you're not a conservative. (laughs) You know, one of the, hmm, I don't know if I could call it a bright point. One positive (laughs) that I think has happened in recent years is the number of people who have become contractors, even if they're only doing it on a part-time basis, the gig economy. And this is why the liberals don't want that in play. Oh, you're not being treated equally. You're not being, you're not being as if becoming a contractor, a driver for Lyft or Uber, there should be a guaranteed income. That's what the liberals, they want to approach that, And treat it that way. Why? Because they can't have people learning how to create wealth for themselves. And while it may be on a very small level for individuals collectively, it's a big deal because of the number of people that participate in that. Uh, Content creators, the same thing. The overwhelming majority of people aren't engaging in that. But if you combine these, all these categories where people have discovered ways, other ways to make money and create wealth and understand the multipliers and what scale means and everything else, it has the potential of leading to a point where there is a demand for change. We're light years from that. But that is, I think right now, one bright point is that people are learning about what it takes to run business, what it takes to create wealth. Uh, I think, look, well, one one reality is people know that in, uh, uh, inflation is tied to uh, spending. Mm-hmm. Democrats don't seem to care, but the rest of the country seems to at least recognize it, and there's more of a caring of it, which means, 
you know, okay, we can talk about it, but I'm I'm really going to get my money from the government or I'm just going to have to suffer through inflation and higher prices. And so that also could be a that could be a a cause for maybe, uh, you know, some change, some change out there because Americans are finally feeling the consequences of the politicians that they put in office. Right. And their own their own opinion that we can keep spending. Right. So that to me is a. You know, that at least you can't say we're not warned, but then I think about it. There, the the government has sold us, the, the left that's controlled so much of the government has told us that we can supply all of our energy with wind and solar. We know right, it's all right, a lie. Right. And they keep going further. And all of a sudden we feel the consequences. California, the warning's out. They know. Mm-hmm. Texas knows. The Southeast just found out. There's not enough, enough enough electricity when you really need it. Why? Because of government policy. Is anybody really upset? They're upset for that moment when they don't have the electricity. But do they put two and two together and say, we can't allow this? Who are the politicians that are against this? I mean, is there any connection to the problems that we have today from the American voter as to why it's happening? That this is something that... We have willed as a country. We have chosen the path that we are on right now. This isn't because of forces outside of our control. This is all what we have chosen as a nation. And it's time to change and move in a different direction. And you've got a Democratic Party right now that is more radical. Think about it. Tell me a minority leader of the Democratic Party that's as radical as Hakeem Jeffries on the opinions that he holds. You could say that Nancy Pelosi uh, was a moderate conservative compared to him. Mm. They want the squad basically to control the Democratic Party. As radical as you can imagine with all the problems that that radical mindset when put into action is created in this country. Yep. And that's the future of that party. Yeah. We can make different choices, but at some point, when it comes to the national debt, there won't be a choice. 866-90-RED-EYE. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690-RED-EYE. Uh, you know, I saw the story yesterday. <laughs> we rarely talk wrestling, but this is really of interest. Uh, I saw the story. Stephanie McMahon resigned as chairwoman and uh, co-CEO of uh, WWE, and Vince McMahon announced intentions to return to the company ahead of media rights negotiations. WWE's media rights with Fox and the USA Network are set to expire in 2024, uh, J.P. Morgan was hired to handle a possible sale of WWE with companies such as Comcast, mm. Fox Corporation, Warner Brothers, Discovery, Netflix, Amazon, Endeavor Group Holdings. These are the companies apparently expressing interest. Right. Liberty Media with mm. 
Saudi Arabia's public investment fund also on the list? Hmm. <laughs> yeah. All right. So we'll have live wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I don't follow it at all. Neither do I. But it's certainly making the headlines now. I mean, this story, yeah. Yeah. Because you, you, I don't know what um, the content brings in terms of ratings, but it's still pretty high. They still get high ratings. But if you could take that and then push it out more, if a Netflix could capitalize on that where, Basically, the only place you're going to see WWE from this point on is on Netflix. Uh, you mentioned Liberty Media. That's John Malone. Right. Now, now an update from Yahoo mm-hmm. is that reportedly is being sold to Saudi Arabia's public investment fund. Hmm. Hmm. How does that change everything, I wonder, with the fans? Or does it? Does it change anything with I really wonder. I don't know. That's because that's a that's an American sport, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. And is this if, if the Saudis are going to buy it? Does it change anything with the fans? This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. It's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the world, 86690 Red Eye. He is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. Welcome and good morning. Yeah, just... Uh, we had seen something. By the way, download our Red Eye Radio app today because we told you to. And listen when and where you want. Uh, but uh, we were just going through Twitter and it was like I had seen the story that uh, uh, Stephanie McMahon had stepped down from WWE, uh, Worldwide Wrestling, or World Entertainment Wrestling, whatever it is now. <laughs> Worldwide Entertainment? Worldwide Entertainment, exactly. Wrestling Entertainment? And, and, and that Vince was coming back, but their the reason was to... Uh, get you know get the uh, their media for 2024, and then stories came out that no, they were preparing to sell it, and then Yahoo came out with the story uh, that they used uh, Steve uh, Mullasson, who was a head of social media for pro wrestling, saying that the Saudis were going to buy it, the public investment fund was going to uh, buy it. I I don't have. I checked the Wall Street Journal. I checked. Uh, all the different financial publications, CNBC. I haven't seen anybody else say that. Where did you say you believe he got that story from? What was the well, website? it was originally, actually, that story, Yahoo, originally, uh, uh, they basically uh, republished it, and it was published from Coming Soon, uh, which is a, you know, entertainment website. Uh, that's where it originally appeared, and, and Mulhausen and his company that it writes for don't have a significant following so i don't know where he got yeah the uh, uh the, in fact the dazn wrestling that he 
reports for has fewer than a thousand followers. So I really don't know. Um, I haven't seen any any major yeah just, uh, media and on, I, on the stories. I just checked. I mean, the Wall Street Journal has, you know, they uh, and they'd be on that immediately. I would think that that's why you, you okay. I'm suspicious about the the sources here because Wall Street Journal would be on that immediately. CNBC would be on that. I mean, it'd be huge business news, mm-hmm. huge news, mm-hmm. and and they talk about uh, you know the that Stephanie you know, stepping down and Vince McMahon coming back, hmm. but they don't say anything even about a, a possible sale happening now. Right. Right. So, and the story is it's been sold. So we'll see whether that ends up being true or not, but just, just wanted to, uh, to clarify that. Mm-hmm. Well, we live in interesting times, don't we? We do. <laughs> Our favorite story of the day. And I'm even, I'm speaking for you here. Okay. is uh, the analysis from Andrew McCarthy and his column yesterday mm-hmm. on uh, Biden's mishandling of classified information complicates politics for the Department of Justice Trump probes. <laughs> Don't underestimate Joe's ability to F things up. That's the notorious assessment by former President Barack Obama of his vice president's... <laughs> proclivities in undoubtedly getting a work is undoubtedly getting a workout at the biden justice department these days i mean that's just there is absolutely no doubt and that's a it's a it is a beautiful statement and summary of what's going on right now because here you have you know the left has gone after donald trump repeatedly over and over and over again and they found nothing they wanted you to believe that there was something tangible with the whole Russian hoax when they brought the dossier to light. But even at the beginning of that, the media, remember BuzzFeed? Well, we can't really confirm that any of this is true, but we're going to go with it anyway. But it was tangible. It was something. Well, over and over again, they didn't have anything tangible. Then his, you know, his, his tax records and everything. But the raid on Mar-a-Lago gave them something tangible, and then they could stretch it out by having the DOJ assign a special prosecutor to that case. And we're going to just, you know, basically run this all the way through 24. But there was something tangible in that there really is no one or was no one by that point uh, saying that those documents weren't there at Mar-a-Lago. So you had a big show in the FBI raid of Mar-a-Lago while Trump wasn't there so that they had plenty of room to make a show for the media. And then they had something tangible. And then you had people, you know, I think from both sides of the aisle going, oh, as it progressed on, okay, well, we'll see what happens here. And the question was, is there political will at the DOJ, for Merrick Garland to pursue uh, anything against Trump. And, you know, the answer for us is, oh, yeah, well, we think he would. But then the documents are found at Biden's office at the University of Pennsylvania. Uh, And the organization that was helped to be created by $54 million in anonymous donation 
anonymous donations from China. Mm-hmm. I mean, you couldn't. I mean, I, when I mean I, it's like when, when I when I saw that yesterday, I just went, "Oh my gosh!" Now it's tying everything together. This is like. I, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm thinking Seinfeld. Gold, Jerry, gold. No, this is I mean, gold. Andrew McCarthy had, it, it is the, <clears throat> it, the yeah. you, you, it should be framed, the opening sentence of his analysis here. Because you yeah. know people, we've been talking about for a long time, for a number of years, but especially, you know, when, when uh, Biden announced he was running, we said, look, there's a tremendous liability in Hunter Biden but there are a number of liabilities in Joe Biden. And that's why there was that quote from his former boss, because it's true. Joe Biden is a walking liability. I'm wondering what classified information he gave to that guy wearing the Salvation Army yeah, uniform yeah, yeah, yeah. the other day. That's well, you my know, question. You know, it was interesting because I'm reading the story and then this is, Earlier in the show, it was during the break or maybe even our pre-show meeting. And, and, and I think you said, I thought it was you who said, well, he wasn't even president. He was vice president. I said that uh, the other day on the show. Yeah. Was it on the show? Okay. Mm-hmm. I didn't know. I, I, I thought you had said it. Mm-hmm. And, and it just, it, that keeps hitting me. Why would he have, why would Joe Biden really didn't do much during the Biden administration or during the Obama administration? Right. He wasn't involved in all this stuff. Right. And it was like, what's, Why would you know, have what's going on? Right. And Jonathan Turley writes, Biden broke his silence after a few days and said he was surprised by the discovery. However, as expected, he cited counsel in saying no more and asking no question or answering no questions. However, this is one explanation to quote the president on how could this possibly happen? Mm-hmm. And he writes, Biden may have taken the secret documents for a book, his book, Promise Me Dad. Uh, he said, Biden also said, I don't know what's in the documents. My lawyers have not suggested I ask uh, what documents they were. And he writes, well, that was a bit jumbled. He goes, presumably he was saying that his lawyers suggested that he not ask what the documents were. Right. The question is why? President has full security clearance. Right. If the president was committed to addressing any national security risk, he would want to know what it was. You would. I would. Right. If I were president, I would demand to know. Right. And then want to offer any recollection on how or when they have. You know, they may have been used. But he said, you know, the uh, the uh, uh, his book is. It's interesting. He goes. This may be about you know him writing. His book, he said, according to reports, the clearly marked classified documents include those at the highly classified, top secreted, sensitive, uh, compartmented information, TSSCI level. Those documents reportedly included material relating to Iran, Ukraine, and the United Kingdom. When the documents on such top subjects were found at Mar-a-Lago, media experts immediately opined that Donald Trump may have sold material or was endangering national security for a book or vanity. Hmm. For two days, Biden had refused to answer questions from reporters as his allies in the media struggle to spin out this scandal. Uh, and they say his silence is uh, hardly surprising. This was the first two days. 
Uh, and then he goes on to criticize him and saying that, look, uh, Biden is off and he says he expects he expresses revulsion rather than responsibility. And he goes he he will defame anybody. The two. Uh, you know, and then he mentions the two Border Patrol mm-hmm. agents mm-hmm. and whipping when he didn't, he had no idea what the facts were. And he says Biden may have to take responsibility for this debacle, but he faces a potential criminal charge. While Attorney General Merrick Garland has again refused to appoint a special counsel, any acknowledgement of Biden's knowledge or interaction with the documents could have serious legal ramifications. These documents may have been relevant to his last book, the book Promise Me, Dad, released in November of 2017, was marketed as his insider view of Americans, America's relations with countries like Iran and Ukraine. Hmm. As Vice President Biden traveled more than 100,000 miles that year across the world dealing with crises in Ukraine, Central America, and Iraq. If he worked off these documents, it is impossible to deny the violation or his hypocrisy on his comments on Mar-a-Lago. He is now the subject of the, because I guess the point would be, you know, he's working on his book and using classified information to do so. Right. Whether he was still vice president or the book came out in 2017, I don't know what month, after he was vice president, was he using that information to write his book. And so, but the thing that really gets you is uh, where he, and you and I both recognize this immediately when we saw this, where uh, he said, um, uh, you know, his lawyers are suggesting really that he not ask what the documents were. And at that point, I went, well, he's taking the fifth. Right. He's sending the message, I'm taking the fifth on this. Right. Well, you're president of the United States. If if these are top secret things, you sh- I w- would you be asking? I would demand to know right away. If you didn't know, right? I didn't know. That's what he said. I I have no idea what this is, and my lawyers are telling me not to find out what it is. Does that make sense? Well, no. Okay, here's the question. Imagine Biden learns of this. Immediately. And then he does ask. He says, I need to know what's in what, what those documents are. And his lawyer says, don't ask what they are. Now you've got me curious. Because either way, either way, it's damning because the lawyer is saying, uh, yeah, you could be in what the lawyers saying to him is you could be in legal trouble. That your legal because, trouble is more of a concern of you solving something of this. Because the lawyer may be trying to build out plausible deniability. But why? He has the top secret clearance of anybody. Right now, yes. So, so you're, what you're saying is it is in your best interest to not be told what this is. As Turley writes, the question is why? If the president is committed to addressing any national security risk, he would want to know and then want to offer any recollection on how or when they may have been used. Right. Why they are there. Why are those documents there? Now, again, I mean, look, the the 
blue whale in the living room when you look at other things. For example, the Hunter Biden, you know, Hunter Biden's business activities mm-hmm. where, mm-hmm. you know, he mm-hmm. has stated, I knew nothing about it. Now he's right. just silent. Right. But he has said he knew nothing on it. Then the voicemail came out. And even after the voicemail came out, Corrine Jean-Pierre still says he sticks to his previous comments. Right. So the White House has officially said that, you know, even though the voicemail has come out and in emails, Hunter Biden talked about what he had to give his father. Remember that one? Mm -hmm. And he still denied. I don't know anything about the business, you know, and at all. So we know that he will lie. Everyone knows that's such an obvious lie. And that's one of the reasons I think the Democrats are scared because you look at that and you go, oh, God, we're screwed. Well, and, and, and the other point I would bring up is think about all the, that the left has invested in, in Biden, who is a horrible politician to invest anything in and to invest your, you know, in, to, to basically, as the media has done, completely destroy their credibility over the Hunter Biden laptop story. You think about it. Right. They've completely destroyed their credibility. And now, you know, their cooperation in censoring. And now with the Twitter story and Elon Musk's story, it's just amazing that it would be Biden would be the one that they would go to no ends to hide the truth from the American public. That's the hill they want to die on. Yeah. Why? Why is Biden the hill? amazing but this entire thing reeks of and him saying that i know bringing up your lawyers why would you even bring that up i just want to get this out of the way we're not going to take any questions on this but i'm going to start with this these documents were found they were or are being returned to the national archives i don't have any more details for you again I can't answer any questions on that, so that's the end of it. But just wanted to acknowledge that because I know that's the topic everybody might start on. And you end it right there because keep in mind, this is the guy who would step up to the camera or to the podium repeatedly. They tell me I'm not supposed to. They tell me I'm not supposed to. They tell me I'm. So when he says, my lawyers told me, something tells me he wasn't supposed to say that part. 86690 red eye Later this week, the leaders of the three North American nations are scheduled to meet in Mexico. Among the topics of discussion, Mexico's plans to ban genetically modified corn imports, including the U.S., in 2024. Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack at this week's American Farm Bureau Federation Convention noted, We understand and appreciate some of the challenges that the Mexican president has outlined and concerns he has. But at the end of the day, the agreement we reached with Mexico and Canada is in support of a science-based system. And we're going to continue to convey that until such time as we see that, we're going to continue to push USMCA. Meaning the possibility of enforcement of U.S. legal rights under the U.S.-Mexico-Canada agreement if a deal is not reached to lift or modify the the proposed ban. Part of Mexico's argument for the ban involves protecting native white corn seed of varieties, many of those used in making tortillas and other food products. I'm Rod Bain reporting for the U.S. Department of Agriculture in Washington, D.C. The USDA report is brought to you by Cenex Roadmaster XL Premium Highway Diesel Fuel. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE.
It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690-RED-EYE. Now, the, the problem with Biden's response is all it does is make you want to ask another question. And as exactly. you said, and, that, yeah. and that's why you what, what you stated is the way that he should have stated, which is like, uh, yes, uh, we're we are concerned about it. And the National Archives is investigating it. But there's not much. There's nothing I believe. Really I have no other details it. for no you. Details, but I wanted to address that because right. I know it's top of mind for everybody. But we won't be taking questions. But when you but when you imply when the message you send is, um, my lawyers told me not to say anything. Oh, my God. Well, you wait, just, wait. You just huh? opened up the biggest door. What? Uh, I oh uh, is do is uh, Peter Ducey working today? Is, does Jean Pierre have a press conference? Right, exactly. I'm waiting for that one. Yeah, because I want to know. Even if even if that were true, that tells me I, one way or the other, whether it's true or not, it is it is bad. It is really really bad. Consider yourself canceled if you don't listen nightly. Red Eye Radio. And he's Eric Carney and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 uh, uh, Red Eye. You know, this is uh, just, I mean, I just, I'm, I'm, I can't stop laughing. Just the way that uh, different uh, periodicals are writing about the, uh, the whole top secret thing. Hmm. Uh, this I love. Wall Street Journal. Whatever gods are scripting America's political drama these days, <laughs> they sure do have a sense of humor. <laughs> On Monday, CBS broke the news that days before the midterm elections, roughly 10 documents with classification markings were found among Joe Biden's vice presidential files in a private office he once used. A federal prosecutor is investigating and the FBI is involved. Not even George Santos could make up this plot <laughs> twist. <laughs> uh, and as they they uh, say, you know, the media is, you know, trying to defend him, stating the Trump and this is different. Yeah. And uh, and they go, yeah, it's it's uh, there are differences uh-huh. uh, in in the story. They said the analyst or. News analysts are cautioning that this apparent mishandling of material is different from Mr. Trump's retention of hundreds of classified documents at his Mar-a-Lago home, which ultimately triggered an extraordinary FBI search last year. That's true as far as it goes. Mr. Biden's office had many fewer documents, and he wasn't wrangling with the National Archives for months over his right to keep them. On the other hand, Mr. Biden, as vice president, has no authority to declassify documents on his own. Unlike the president, he also isn't covered by the Presidential Records Act provision that gives former presidents access to documents from their presidential years in cooperation with the National Archives. Hmm. Mr. Biden had no authority to hold any such classified documents at all in a private office. Well, so, yeah, uh, there are differences. <laughs> we we asked about that earlier this week, and while I didn't have the answers in front of me, I suspected that that was the case. 
because it is very different with the vice president. Mm-hmm. And so the question would be, why would he have those documents at all? Right. right. So there would be no haggling back and forth right. in a debate what's classified and what's not. Right. Because that only involves the president and no one else. Right. So why did he have them? And why that location? Well, if by the Democrat standard of how you analyze what Trump did, mm. if if Trump had uh, at, um, let me see, uh, I won't say Mar-a-Lago, but if Trump had an office mm. at... The University of, I'm trying to think of what university <laughs> would allow him to have an office exactly. on campus. I'm, I'm trying to find. <laughs> if Liberty University. Well, if the now defunct Trump University. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty much the only one. Um, but he never taught a class. Uh, Biden never taught a class at University of Pennsylvania. He was on the payroll. Well, let me just put it this way. If Trump had an office in in the Liberty University, okay? Right. We'll use a little bit because mm-hmm. they're considered one of the you know most conservative colleges in America. Yeah. So if he had an office uh, at Liberty University and, and a section like a floor and he had top secret documents that were there, in an office space that was funded $54 million by the Chinese, tell me the response from the media. It would have been the only story. Yep. And still would be. Yeah. So, you know, I don't know. I really don't know. Okay, okay, okay. I know I'm going to, because occasionally I've, I've heard from them, the folks at Hillsdale College. All right. All right. We'll let okay. you in on that. You can have, you can have Trump's office. Too. Yeah. I mean, All right. Okay. Hillsdale College will, right. will include you in on it. Okay. So. All right. Or I found another conservative college. This might be better uh, mm-hmm. for Trump. Palm Beach Atlantic, Atlantic University is a conservative <laughs> college. All right. West Palm Beach. <laughs> All right. That might be the perfect one. Right. <laughs> Much closer to home. But think yeah. about it. If you, you know, off, you know, off, not even at his residence where he's staying, but at a, at a private, at a private office mm-hmm. that was funded by the Chinese. Right. The organization that runs on the, on the campus that runs that office was funded by the Chinese and anonymous donations of the Chinese. Right. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, it's going to be an interesting week. It is. You know, I, I also, when we talk about where, because one of the things we we're, we're, we will be talking about this for a while, and this is where, where, and we talked about it today also, where are the Republicans going? And one of the things here, uh, when we talk about censorship and new suppression and all that, uh, Holman Jenkins of the Wall Street Journal was, was, writing an article, Hunter Biden, New Suppression. And he gets to what we have said. And I and I hope the Republicans focus on this point over and over again 
And Holman Jenkins is basically saying this might have got lost a little bit last week hmm. uh, because there were, you know, there were, uh, you know, other other things going on. He said, but uh, when Michael Schellenberger, you know, uh, asked the crucial question last week, did the FBI, which possessed the Hunter Biden laptop and knew what it contained, and we've talked about this for the longest time, mm-hmm. knowingly mislead media outlets by telling them the New York Post story was the upshot of a Russian intelligence operation. The evidence is suggestive, including the role of former FBI general counsel James Baker, by then a Twitter employee, in pushing fellow Twitter executives to adopt the FBI's view against their better judgment. In the hours before the story leaked, secret FBI documents, whose contents remain unknown, were urgently shared with Twitter. The sourcing here is impeccable. Official releases of company documents authorized by Twitter's CEO. No, it is not yet a smoking gun, but any news organization that merits its description would by now, if not two years ago, be saying, let's find out. Unfortunately, many U.S. reporting outlets face a catch-22, their own complicity. But that's exactly what we have said all the time. That's actually the, that's, there's a ton of different questions out there, but the biggest question is, did the FBI, we know the FBI knew the truth. Did the FBI knowingly, because what they might say is, well, one hand didn't know what the other hand was doing. Mm-hmm. Do you buy that? Would be the, would the, the question. That's why that portion needs investigating, because that's, that's what smells. That doesn't pass the stink test. Right. And the fact, as we know, and this was brought up by Miranda Devine from the New York Post, uh, who wrote the book "Laptop from Hell." And she's—it's like, well, how did the FBI know that the they had the laptop? So they knew for, you know, they had it from December of. Let me get my year right now. Twenty twenty. Yeah. I don't remember when they got it. I, 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 I'm off on my years here for a moment, but they—I'll put it put it this way—they had the laptop for a full ten months. No, it would have been 2019. 2019. 2019. Yeah. Yes. Okay. 2019. And then in October of 2020 is when all the warnings. Because went December out. of 2020, it wouldn't have been a problem. Right. That's that, right. <laughs> the that, election was right. over. <laughs> that, that, right. That, that something was going to come out. Yeah. That something was going to come out on this, mm-hmm. uh, and. And uh, the FBI was telling this to Twitter, Facebook, social media, whatever, look for something. And as the one Twitter executive said, they said it was going to be about Hunter Biden to him. Right. Well, how would they know that? How would they know that the story was going to come out? And Miranda Devine says, you know, because because the the computer store owner, uh, Isaac, gave it to Giuliani. They already had a, a tap on Giuliani's, you know, they had a, you know, they, they had him. Uh, monitor. They were monitoring his email. The mm-hmm. FBI was for another case where they ended up not filing charges on him. Right. And she said they were tapped into us. I was writing Giuliani about it because he was the one that had it. Mm-hmm. We wrote the story. The computer guy went to Giuliani. Giuliani, 
you know, I don't know whether he came to them, whatever, but they found out they were all communicating back and forth. So they knew when the release of the story was going to come out. So the FBI also knew. You and I have talked about that, you know, before the Michael Schellenberger released last week when he asked that question. Mm-hmm. That's the really big question. Mm-hmm. And to me, is that where somebody goes to jail? And what would the specific charge mm. be? Mm. Yeah, I don't know. On that. Yeah. But that's the, you know, that none of that passes the stink test. And as you said, he goes, is it a smoking gun? No, but it's close enough where every credible news agency should be investigating what exactly happened there. And the Republicans in the House have to do that. And they know it. Yep. They know it. Right. So, like I said, the next year is going to be unbelievable with all this or stuff. Or it might be really easy if Biden just keeps handing them gifts. <laughs> I mean, yesterday was a, a it, it, not just the discovery of the, the documents, but the way that, Taking it, the, I mean, just a few words. Taking the fifth. And bringing up his attorneys and the whole thing. <laughs> Holy cow. <laughs> now we really have questions. When I saw that yesterday, I just went, what was he saying? And then, like I said, when I saw Turley's column, I'm like, oh. Oh. Yeah. Was, so you're, was he taking the fifth? Was he saying, my attorneys have told me that you don't want to know? Immediately. And so immediately when I read it, I thought, he phrased that wrong. <laughs> The way he said it. Yeah, he was. What he what he is saying is his lawyers are saying, don't ask what these papers are. <laughs> and, and therefore he can say, I don't know anything about it. Right. I don't know anything about the. Paper. Right. Well, could you have known? Yeah, but my lawyers told me not to. Right. I mean, that's as close as taking the, you know, trying to sleaze into the in, into the fifth. Right. That's the message. And why you would and, even mention your lawyers I know. to the media yesterday. Because now that just opens the door. Every question is going to be, well, what did you mean by that? This is who Biden is. Right. How many times did he step out to the media and say, well, they told me I'm not supposed to take questions. They tell me I'm not supposed to. They tell me I'm supposed to. They tell me he was irritated that he had handlers. He doesn't like being told what to do. Something tells me he wasn't supposed to say that part about the lawyers yesterday, but he just said it. Wow. 866-90-RED-EYE. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. It's Friday Radio. He's Eric Curley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Happy anniversary. Thank you. 32 years ago today. Wedding anniversary. Yeah. Um, 32 wow. years. And we're still both very young. Yeah. For well, being 39, that's amazing. Yeah, right. Yeah. Exactly. So your parents must have given you permission, given you a permission slip. Right. When you exactly. Were... Yeah. It was an arranged marriage, that kind of thing. <laughs> 
technically wasn't. We arranged it. <laughs> uh, technically was an arranged marriage. You know, one of the best stories out there, you and I talked about this, and I can't forget about it because it's a and story. And I love that- my wife dearly. Happy anniversary, honey. That just want to get that. Okay. Very, no, very, you know, that's very important mm-hmm. is the Sarah Huckabee story out of Arkansas where she bans the word Latinx from Arkansas government documents saying it is basically insensitive and insulting right. to Latinos. Right. Because you've seen the polling on it, the majority of <laughs> Exactly. I'm well, like, oh my. She's using the same mindset that the liberals use. Was- well, this is offensive, so we're going to make sure that we don't do this uh, in any official way. We don't use this kind of language. Ethnically, ethnically insensitive and pejorative language has no place in official government documents. Oh, my gosh. Right out of their own playbook. In titles. I mean, I saw that. Man, I lost it yesterday when I saw that. I Right went, out of the liberal that playbook. Is beautiful. I love it. Well, what she's doing is what we've always said. Who's ethnically insensitive? Who judges people by groups? Where do the racists actually exist? Right. Right there. Right. That's beautiful. Yeah, I love it. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.